back guys we are in our second episode of our series that is focusing on the end-to-end process of looking for a job job hunting going through the interview process successfully hopefully being offered a job and then the lovely art of salary negotiation and your first few weeks when you start a new role in the first episode, Kat and I, we spoke about our thoughts and, uh, and ideas on, on the recruitment process and our personal experience. Kat, having recorded the first session, hopefully in this session, we're going to get an expert's view on this as well, and we'll go into that. How, how are you feeling? What are your thoughts? I'm feeling pretty good. I think it's been a... We got some good feedback on the last episode. It was nice to see it was so well received. Um, clearly, we are coming at this from a very different perspective. Like you know, we are we have we are and have always been the recruitees. I have always been recruited by people. I have a I have a sort of I have a view of the other side of the equation because I do a lot of interviewing these days. But in general, I have always been courted. I have never been the courtesan, which I think that's a, I think that's the opposite. I, it might it's terribly wrong. Either way, as you alluded to, somehow we have persuaded an actual person who knows what they're talking about to come and share their expertise with us, which is well, it's good really because otherwise we're just going to be talking out of our butts for another episode. Um, so I'm going to throw it over to the uh, guest extraordinaire. The recruiter extraordinaire, uh, Yakshini. Welcome to Queen's. Welcome, Yakshini. Thank you, guys. I feel really honoured to have you You're... both having a chat with me on your podcast. Thanks. You're officially our second. Well, without you, we, we're just two <laughs> amateurs ranting about oh, recruiting. That's a thing. <laughs> She's officially our so... second ever guest, and it feels like we're, we're getting like you know the, the Wizard of Oz, and you get to go behind the curtain. I feel like this this will be a great experience for, for most people who only see it from one side, you know, and most of us are always like, like Kat was saying, we're, in, we're part of the process, but we, we're the candidate going in. And so it'd be great to understand, Yakshini, from, from your experience, you know, what it's like on the, on the other side. And, and maybe you can share, you know, some, some tips and, and pitfalls, etc. as we go into this conversation. But I guess it'd be great for, for viewers to understand sort of at a high level, you know, your journey and how you got into recruitment and how long you've you've been in that space. Yeah, definitely. So look, I've um I've been recruiting in the tech space for over six years now. So my journey, so to speak, uh began as a recruit recruitment consultant, um recruiting in the Microsoft space. Um, so I focused on the UK market back then, um, and that was predominantly contract recruitment. I then worked my way up to management, um, managed a UK team as well as an Irish team, um, and expanded my knowledge to the, the cloud technology world. So back then it was booming, and it still is. So we covered off AWS, Azure, as well as Microsoft as well, um, recruitment. But then it got to a stage for me where um, at that company, I accomplished everything I wanted to. So 
it was my first ever recruitment job. Um, my very first day, I said to myself, when I start this job, I'm going to save my ass off to buy my first property. Um, and at the age of 27, I was able wow, to buy well my done. first property. Um, thank you. And then, well yeah, done. so, you know, two years ago or so, I decided to leave. And for me, what I really enjoy about recruitment is finding the real business need and you know matching the candidate the right candidate and essentially it's like you know you're playing cupid you know finding the right candidate and matching them to need the business needs and um i find myself working for a blockchain company now so um I'm managing two consultants. Everything's going really well. I really enjoy what I do now. So, um, complete different to what I started off doing. So this is very client focused. Um, I'm still doing my day-to-day -day recruitment job, but it's very client focused. So really understanding the business needs and helping out restructuring the recruitment process. And that's one thing I really want to touch upon, recruitment process, and why it's so important to get it right. Oh, absolutely. I think, so before we dive into that, obviously, like Amora and I, well, all, all three of us, we all women in tech, we all work for tech companies in the tech field. What is it like being a woman in tech, but on that recruitment side? Because obviously I can, I can speak from the engineering perspective, which is historically not been amazing so what what how did you feel as a woman stepping into that space for the first time were you worried did you have any kind of concerns like like obviously you've 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 managed to thrive and survive but did you have a role model did you like how did you make that work how did you make your career honestly work? it was really tough so uh recruitment uh, the company I worked for was very male dominated and um, I was surrounded by very big boisterous egos so to speak and um, and I was there just me myself had my goals I knew what I wanted to get out of that company I knew what I wanted to achieve and I knew what I wanted to do to get to that stage and um, for me you know, as a person, I am very, very competitive. So, you know, at times, um, the guys or, you know, my my male colleagues and would really test me, you know, and I'll do my best to rise to it. And I was top bidder at one point and I was really proud of myself. I worked extremely hard um to work my way up there and you know from women in tech women in recruitment perspective it is difficult for us because at times our voices are just not heard because of that environment we are in and that's why you know this subject women in tech women in recruitment is something i'm really passionate about making a change and you know oh absolutely i mean completely um, sorry to cut you off, I do apologise, humbly, but you've got a wonderful view on both axes as a woman in tech, recruiting women into tech. 
how do you go about that? I mean, not in a. I mean, I don't want to put words in your mouth. Obviously, there's, we don't want to. There's no such thing as positive discrimination, but like, what does the journey look like? Why is it important to you? Why is it important to me to encourage more women to apply or get into a technology? I would say, you know, they need to have a fair chance. And um, for me, it's also about diversifying the playing field and making it equal for the females and male. You know, there shouldn't be such thing as gender metrics, but unfortunately we are and companies are being measured on um, diversity and, it, and, you know, it correlates with gender metrics and it shouldn't. We... We should all be equal in that sense and we should encourage, you know, females from at a very young age um, to be and aspire to be whoever and what they want to be. And even if it is going down the line of technology, you know, we need to be encouraging them um, at a very young age. Mm -hmm. So obviously you get... You've got a unique perspective that Amara and I just lack. Like we've applied for jobs and we've got jobs, but you, you have your job is effectively placing other people. So, what mistakes do you see women make? Like, what would make your life? I mean, I, I guess I'm asking, as a recruiter, what would make your life easier if women would just stop doing a certain thing? Is there anything I... like? Because you know, our, I, I hope our audience is, yeah. like, is a mixture of people. But you know, we, I know we have a lot of younger view, viewers, yeah. listeners. Like, what would make your life easier if they did it or stopped so doing it? I would say, thing? honestly, so I was reading a McKinsey report and it said women are 36% more likely to be hired than men, but they are less likely to apply. And what does that go to show? They're just simply not applying for a role. So... I would that's a really interesting interesting piece because I think we covered this in our in our first session where we said you know it, what, why is that and I guess we can we can hypothesize from a non recruitment perspective which is you know uh, uh, we generally as, as females unless you're hundred percent confident you can do something you're not going to put your hat in, you know your name in the hat it, it, is that the case or are there, are there other factors as well which you know stop? more women from from applying for some of these more technical roles or, or going into certain industries i would say um it's a confidence thing as well i think you know as women at times we lack confidence and we think oh i'm not good enough to apply for that role but what i want to what message i want to you know relay and say to you know your women listeners is apply for that job because you are good enough um, and if you don't take the chance, you just won't ever know what will happen. Um, and yeah, I, that's one advice I will give them. But when it also comes down to applying for roles, read the job description, have a look at your CV, you know, add certain key skill sets on there, highlight all your experience at times up as recruiters we are you know searching for key skills on a candidate cv so give yourself the best chance to go for that role 
I think honestly those are really really so, good tips but what would you say to, to people who, who might come back and say but I'm going to be bi- the system is biased against me because I'm a female or my name is you know a female name on a CV which you know traditionally it, it could have been the case you know you're more likely to be hired if you have a specific sounding name you're more likely to be hired if you if you prestigious university you were more like you know there's so many lists of criteria are you seeing a shift or a change in how companies are approaching um they hire or or you know amending their hiring process to 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 make it more equal i am indeed and it's uh, amara you just mentioned about the name you know people recruiters looking at names on cvs i mean to give you an example my name yakshini I remember when I first joined a company, someone expected me to be Japanese. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so yeah, there is that stereotype, right? Um, but yeah, no, you know, I'm seeing due to obviously Black Lives Matter last year, there's been a massive change in recruitment processes. I feel like companies are doing more when it comes to DNI and looking into their recruitment process to make sure it is diverse as possible. And for me, that comes down to educating. So educating everyone from top level right to the bottom, because it's the top, you know, top level, they're the decision makers. And this must be filtered through. Oh, completely. So, what catches your eye about a candidate? Like, if you could give people advice, what catches you as a recruiter? What are you, what what catches your eye about a certain someone that makes you put them forward for a role, or you reach out to to work with them? A good cover letter. A good cover letter um, is something that really puts you above um, some candidates. But also, um, because when you look at a candidate's cover letter, you can almost get a feel for them as a person, the way they write, you know? Um, And they are essentially selling themselves. Um, But also, I look at their CV, I look at and make sure it's in good format, Um, no spelling mistakes. And I like CVs that are very simple, straight to the point. You don't need to have CVs that are five, six pages long. You know, when it comes to talking about your experience, be as detailed as possible and make it relevant to the role you are applying for. And it just comes down to highlighting um, the key skill sets you know, required for a role even. I would even suggest, you know, tweaking it and um, put the job you're applying for. This is this is interesting because Kat and I were both saying, we actually, I, I can't remember the last time I wrote a cover letter. I, I mean, we're, I think we're fortunate enough in positions now that we we get headhunted, but it, this is so useful for when you're starting off, when you're first starting off like job hunting. No one teaches you this stuff. I was never taught. This is how you write a cover letter. I don't, and and please don't quote me on this. I don't think my school told me how to write a CV, but if they did, I apologize. Um, And then all of a sudden it's going onto these job sites or whatever at, at, you know, a specific age. And it's it's daunting because you don't know if what you're writing is is the right way to present it. There's so many different ways of sending CVs out now. You know, you can have your picture on it. You can have 
people bought like different colored paper to make themselves stand out and it ends up becoming more of a yeah of a, of a competition on who who can make themselves stand out more but I, I what i really liked about what you were saying is it shouldn't be the way you put things together it should actually be you know do i have the skill sets can i demonstrate that i have the ability to do this this role and i think that's what that's the pitfall that a lot of people are falling into nowadays where they're so busy just trying to get through the system and you know what are the, the quick ways of making sure my cv gets through gets chosen from the 100 or 200 that they, they sometimes forget about the the, the reality yeah. which is your cv should be showing are you the right person for this role So I, actually, that's a really interesting point, and it'd be interesting to get uh, Shani's like uh, viewpoint on it. So, like, obviously, every company probably has their own process, but how? How? Like, if you could like sort of summarize, I guess, for people, like, what it, what is the process of taking a thousand CVs from whatever source down to the people who you put forward to to interview? Like, what what are you doing? as a recruiter in that process like like how does it work and what would make something stand out versus something yeah. that you just pass over so good question actually so you know a typical recruitment process from the very beginning um would be essentially identifying the need okay so i put it down to the three w's what is the need why does the business need this candidate um, and when for, yeah? So, you know, you need the time frame. Um, and then what you would look to do is essentially put a job description together as well. Now, um, the job description, when you're putting that together, you also need to be very mindful with uh, wordings, you know, making sure that it's open to both the female and male gender. Um, and discussing and essentially, you know, writing selling points um, for the team, for the company, what the role entails. And you want to identify what does success look like, you know. Um, and thereafter, once that gets signed off, you're able to start advertising. So when it comes to advertising, you have many streams, your typical job sites you can um, start advertising internally um, and social media now linkedin is a great site to advertise especially you know to your network to your connections network um as well as that you have referrals you know word of mouth um and when it comes to identifying applicants so typically a company will have an ATS system, so we'll have candidates coming through. Sorry, what's an ATS system? <laughs> I, I don't ATS know system <laughs> is an application tracking system. Um, <laughs> so uh, candidates apply um, through that, and you get sent a bunch of applicants that come through. What you essentially want to be doing, and what we do as recruiters, is um, have a look at their CVs. So identify um, and look through their CVs, have a read through of their experience. Um, 
and then Mm -hmm. what we look to do if they are good enough so essentially you've had your brief with the hiring manager right you know what they're looking for so what you want to do is have a look at the candidate cv identify if they're a good match and then uh, you look to schedule a call now during my qualification calls um, what i like to do is break the ice get to know the candidate and i think you know when they warm up to you they they're able to elaborate a lot more with their experience and you're able to identify um whether whether they're a good fit or not okay um and if they are you then look to obviously progress them to next stages um and thereafter you know schedule an interview with the hiring manager and obviously at times um candidates don't tick all the boxes but if you feel like you know they're an 80 percent fit and 20 percent is something we can upskill on um what i tend to do is always flag this with a hiring manager as well in the case that we can upskill the candidate internally and i think that's really key that that you to stress that no one will ever be exactly. a 100 yeah. fit free description and i think you've got a wonderful um position that you get to make that that judgment call because you have the soft skills to to talk to people and go and advocate for them going well they don't match this strict criteria but i believe that now go talk to them so how do you build a relationship internally with those hiring managers because like the best relationships that well where that hiring manager i guess would start to trust your judgment when 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 you give them a candidate even if it doesn't tick all the boxes, they, you want them to trust you that, well, I, you know, she knows what she's doing, I will talk to this person without thinking, this is a waste of an hour of my time. How do you, like, do that internally? Like, what is your thought process when you do, you know, how, how have you built that up over... For you know, me, it's built upon um, trust of delivery, okay? So... At first, whenever, you know, you meet a new hiring manager or you introduce yourself. So the way I like to do it is whenever there's a new role, I always book in a meeting with a hiring manager, introduce myself and find out again what the business need is. So what the role is and talk them through the process. And, you know, I make them understand that this is what the market is so i'm the recruiter i'm the specialist i have the knowledge and i speak to candidates day in day out and what i tend to do is um share that knowledge with them so for example you know engineering i speak to engineers on a day-to-day basis there are any changes in the market technologies or a lack of skills i'm able to identify that um and make the hiring manager aware and when it comes to building relationship it's just about being a human being do do you know what i mean it's like (laughs) you know hi my name's sheeny um i'm just a recruiter but i can also be your friend um and that you know you you want to be able to be that person and build that trust with them because we are human beings you know and for me, I'm able to build that trust by proving that I can deliver um, time and time again. 
and if I get it wrong, what I do is learn from it. You know, if let's say, for example, oh, um, totally. a candidate is a no, I always go back to the hiring manager and ask why. You know, what could I be doing differently? And and it's a learning curve. I think the really, yeah, the really important part in in everything that you just kind of spoken about is the fact that you communicate with everyone in that process. So you spend a lot of time before the job description goes live, understanding exactly what's needed, what what the skills get set are. So for me, when I'm listening to this, I'm like, oh, this is what a good recruiter should be doing. Because, and I, you know, I'm sure in my 20s, I, you know, I, you, you and, and generally sometimes you hear so much about, oh, you know, the recruiter sold me a role that wasn't really there or it wasn't the right thing, yeah. or it wasn't the right fit. And I, Exactly. And I'm sure candidates can also, you know, sell themselves sometimes a bit too much and, and lie about the experiences. But it, it it seems like the really important thing is to make sure that you have all that information at the start and you have that relationship. And then, like you said, when you when you've gone through the CV and you've spoken to the candidate, you then also make sure that, right, what they're saying is their experience, etc. is is also matching with that. And so communication is the, 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 the pinnacle yeah. of and, and key to to this process, which is um, as, as, as someone who, you know, we just see the job descriptions when we apply for a job, you don't understand that there's so much work that kind of goes into it beforehand. Of course. Um, and it's, 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 it's quite refreshing to hear that when done well, you know, and having the, the, the full set of requirements, etc., it makes that candidate experience so yeah. much more fulfilling. No, definitely. And you're right, communication is key. And that transparency between, you know, myself as a recruiter and a hiring manager has to be 100%, you know. Um, and that's the only way a good relationship between a hiring manager and recruiter will work and flourish. Because you'll be their go-to person. So, oh, completely. I think, so, I guess, because we're running out of time, what would you suggest like, to women who want to get into tech to do? How should they engage with the recruitment process? What would you advise them to do? What would you say, do this, don't do this? Because ultimately I'm a little bit biased. I want Me too, more women to, yeah. I want to hire more women. Yeah, like if you had to give, 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 like say you had like top five yeah, top tips. Five or tips top three her. tips. To get over <laughs> on the because you know f the patriarchy um, my top tips would be when you are applying for a role double check triple check that your cv matches up to the role that you're recruiting for sorry applying for um the second would be to not be shy and to just do it anyway um you know give yourself a chance apply for that role you know what's the worst that can be that can happen you'll you'll be rejected and that's fine you know it's a numbers game at the end of the day sometimes when you're applying for roles you apply you apply and then you know your third your fourth rejection may lead to an acceptance you know so i would suggest to keep applying um I would also say follow up. So when you're applying for a role, follow up with a message to the recruiter 
or go onto LinkedIn, find someone in the recruitment team or even HR um, and follow up with your applications. Um, and, you know, we are really powerful people. Women are really powerful, okay? So, <laughs> I can see you. <laughs> um, we really are. And, you know, use that almost to your advantage. No, don't sell yourself, but talk about your amazing skills and your offerings and what you can bring to that company and to that role. And make yourself different to all the other applicants. Um, I would say those are my top tips. This has been a very eye-opening session. I feel like I've learned so much. Um, I gotta say, I think that was, that was, well, first, I mean, mostly just thank you, Shee, for taking the time to talk to us okay. tonight. Like, Are we done? I can talk. It's, we're not done. Oh my god. Oh, Amora's gonna have to edit this. It's gonna be a whole thing. Or she'll leave this in because it'll be funny. But thank you for taking the time. It's, to talk it's to been us. it's been eye opening. Um, it was eye opening. It was fascinating. Clearly, you are passionate about your job, and that's that, that's the most exciting thing anybody wants to say about any other human is that they love what they do. Um, Especially, I think with this kind of topic, so yeah. there's, there's just so much. Um, you know, recruitment is not just something that you go, you apply for a job and that's it. Like there's there's so much that's involved in it. And I think, you know, we've, we've just covered the, the start of what, what I think is, is a very important topic. If for a lot of young, you know, females who are, who are starting off their careers, it'll be really useful for them to understand the pitfalls, the do's and the don'ts, how the, how the process works. Because sometimes that's, that's the most difficult bit, just understanding yeah. how the process works. I think you touched on some really important points, confidence, um, is something that, especially at the age of 16 or in my 20s, I did not have. Now they're like, you can't be shy. Um, I'm, I'm just a very good introvert who can now, you know, be an extrovert when, 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 when needs to be. But it comes with a lot of, a lot of experience and having positive people around you and understanding that you are good enough for certain things. And like you said, you know, there's no harm in, in, in applying for roles and trying for them. And, and companies don't want someone who 100% fits into something. They want someone who who can do the role, but then they can also help um, excel and support and, and, and be successful in that role as well. Well, also that, that there are people at whose, whose role is to place people. It is to find the best person to present or the, or the best serviceable to present to people who can make decisions. And that's a really, that's a really important thing that people like Sheena get to do so but those people you know it's not a robot it's not a, a, a spreadsheet going yes or no there is a there's nuance there is skill there is interpersonal skills yeah. being applied there of, so of just course. apply like you know you can't do it wrong and I, and I think that's the thing that people get very worried about the recruitment like oh computer says no well no that's 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 very not true like if your CV isn't perfect, but you're a great candidate, then there are people out there that will recognise that and will champion you internally. Thank you and that's exactly. very much for, for joining Ashini. Kat, as always, it's a pleasure. Um, and hopefully, if you, if, you, if you didn't mind Never. us today, Ashini, we'll bring you back. Um, <laughs> I was about to say, you know, we, always, we, we know, 
Like, you're only our second ever official guest. So, oh, we've never had a repeat guest, so you could be the very <laughs> first repeat Thanks, guest. Thanks, guys. Like, it was lovely like, talking like, to you both. So, the question is, should anybody want to reach out to you on the social medias? Is they can indeed. They can so, um, my LinkedIn is open, so um, you can search for me. My name, my full name is Yakshini Amrania. And I promise I don't bite. <laughs> she Pop really me a message and she I'll be doesn't. happy She's to lovely. help. <laughs> no, she does not. Amara, where can people find you on social media? I'm all over social media nowadays. Find me on LinkedIn. You can find me on Instagram. You can find me and my ramblings on Twitter. It's normally a case of just typing in Amara underscore Queen's OTT age. And, and you will... Um, find find me um yeah and 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 the, and the best thing is you know we want you to go to, to reach out with your experiences reach out with your questions and and hopefully we can come back especially in this series and and make sure we answer some of those those i was, um, I, I was gonna say i love the feedback to the last episode it was super nice to receive you can find me at katenet underscore f underscore bacon on twitter i don't bite at least without consent anyway or if she's not had dinner so hungry right now. <laughs> genuinely so hungry. And on that note, I'm gonna say thank you very much to our viewers. Thank you to our our guest uh, speaker and obviously Kat. It's always been a pleasure. And we'll see you guys in a Bye. Bye. Bye.